Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am so excited that you're with me today, and I have a special guest with me, and her name is Abigail Turner. Let me tell you a little bit about Abigail. Abigail is a wife, a mom, a writer, and a certified Christian life coach. She has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and yes, I totally am intimidated by that, (laughs) but uh, in her past, she and her husband Uh, for six years were relief parents at the Milton Hershey School. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to introduce you to Abby. What I love about Abigail is that she, in her coaching, she is focused on the word of God. I love that about her. I love that when I visit her blog post, that you will see scripture integrated. And so I love that about her. So Abby, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ren. I'm so excited to be here. It's an honor. This is great. We were in a group together, a coaching group together, and we met and I heard what she does, which she is, like you heard earlier, she's a certified Christian life coach, but she works with families that have kids that have been diagnosed or that have some of the similarities of kids with ADHD. And so we're going to talk about that today because Abby's story leads right into what she does. And that I think is just the kindness of God. So I'm really excited, Abby, we're going to jump in. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So of course, when we, uh, when we scheduled this, y'all, I totally forgot that it was going to be on a holiday. And so her kids are home, but they're in a different room with a family member. So, uh, but y'all know, y'all know me. I love when, um, others come in and pop in and my son has actually come in to a couple of my interviews. So it's all good. (laughs) Okay. So Abby, let's go back. Let's talk about when you found out or when you realized that your two kiddos were having some of the same struggles that the people that you coach or that you work with are having with their kids. Can you take Mm -hmm. me back to that time? Yeah. Um, so my, we suspected that my daughter had ADHD from like the time she was probably two, because she was one of those kids. I, I tell people, you know how, when you're pregnant, And people say, oh, you can tell when the baby's sleeping. Well, I could never tell when she was sleeping. She was never still. And that was true after she was born too. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is, and she's my second. So um, my, my son who is older, we didn't really suspect that he had any brain differences. Um, That's kind of the term that I, that I tend to use because he was doing really well in school and he was, you know, he, he was a typical boy, you know, he had energy, but he, you know, he, he generally loved to be in school and be with his friends and stuff. And he, um, <clears throat> he was doing well. 
but his, uh, it wasn't actually until he was in fourth grade that he, uh, his teacher was noticing that he was getting really distracted. He was super disorganized and his distraction was kind of unique for boys with ADHD. He, um, has inattentive type ADHD, which is typically diagnosed in girls. Um, but he's the kind, you know, staring out the window and you're like, where are you? Like, are you even with me right now? And sometimes he wasn't, uh, he wasn't. so that was, it was interesting. His teacher kind of, uh, picked that out and said, I wonder if he has ADHD. And we were like, what? No way. But we went through the, the process and we're filling out the paperwork and, um, I had asked a couple of my daughter's teachers a couple of times, how's she doing? Is she, you know, do we need to have her evaluated? Oh no, she's just such a joy to have in class. But as we're filling out the paperwork for our son, we were like, oh my gosh, if we're writing like, you know, the Likert scale, you know, one rate this one to five. And uh, we're filling this out and we're filling out, you know, threes, maybe a couple fours, a couple twos, you know, somewhere mid range for our son. We're like, oh my gosh our daughter would be all fives, pretty much all fives. (laughs) So, um, we, he was diagnosed first and because, you know, I think it took so long for him because he was more the inattentive type, which is not your typical, you know, when you think of boys with ADHD, you think of the boys who are climbing the walls and jumping all over the place and you can't get them to sit down and, and, um, be still. Well, that, that wasn't ever his experience. That wasn't how it manifested for him. So I think it took a while for that to get portrayed. And then for my daughter, it was exactly the opposite. You know, typically girls with ADHD are the inattentive type, not the hyperactive type. And so I think she was able to, this is, this is very typical for girls, um, that they are often able to kind of put on their learner hat, their school hat, and it takes all their energy, and, but they can get through the school day knowing the expectations, but then they come home and they crash and you will see all kinds of behaviors at home that the teachers aren't seeing. And so it took us a long time. She wasn't diagnosed until third grade and we were, I mean, we were totally certain, sorry, the end of second grade, we finally got someone to say, oh yeah, maybe these things are going on. So, but we were experiencing them much more at home. And um, I was talking to people all over the place who, you know, neighbors, friends, all over who had children who are diagnosed with ADHD and just struggling to find good Christian help. And I thought, well, I know how to do that because I have the counseling degree. I've worked with these kids at the Mount Hershey School. Worked with my own kids. Pretty sure I have ADHD, although I've never been diagnosed. But I, you know, I've worked my way through, you know, some of these same things. You know, so I just have have um, prayed and asked the Lord to show me how can I be help a uh, help other parents who are struggling, and how can I, you know, pass on the same tools that I'm learning and implementing for my kids, and I've implemented for myself for other parents and and help them and give them some encouragement that is both psychologically based, evidence-based, but also um, biblical and, and first and foremost biblical. So that's what, um, that's what my coaching does. That's what I, I try to do is uh, really integrate biblical principles and encouragement with tools that have been 
tested psychologically and are approved by the psychological community um, for kids. So I think it's great. Well, and I think it's so important um, that it is biblical and that it is what your experience is and your education. And I think that is, I mean, I think you've got it all. (laughs) You've got, you know, that it's biblically based and then you have experience as a mom with that. I think that is a totally uh, deeper layer. And then you also have the education, you have your counseling background and you have the experience with being relief parents at Milton Hershey School. So tell us a little bit about that and how that played into what you do now. Goodness. Um, Yeah. So the Milton Hershey School, um, just for a little bit of background, is it's a residential school in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it serves uh, underprivileged kids from ages four all the way to 12th grade. So m- my husband still works there full time, although we don't do the relief house parenting anymore. What we would do at the time was every other weekend, we would go, we'd start at six o'clock on Friday evening, make dinner for the, the boys. Um, there are boys and girls at the home, um, but we were in a boys' home, and uh, we'd go make dinner. They'd get through their chores. We'd put them to bed. We'd sleep there. Our kids would sleep there. Uh, we'd stay through Sunday evening. We were done at nine o'clock on Sunday evening, and in that time, we'd help them with their homework. We'd help them with their chores. We'd cook for them. We, you know, all the things that you normally do as a parent, we were doing for these, these kids who were living at this home, um, so that the full-time house parents had a weekend off. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so, but as you can imagine, uh, when you're talking about underprivileged kids, um, sometimes there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And they were careful not to, you know, bring in kids who had any kind of criminal history or violent history or anything like that. But there were a lot of kids, you know, imagine sending your four-year-old away to a residential school and imagine what what trauma has to be present in the home in order for a parent or grandparent or guardian to be willing to send their child away and so you're you're dealing with kids who are coming from a place of trauma and so you have trauma behaviors I don't think that I felt prepared even with my counseling degree I don't think I felt prepared to really handle that. And so I was spending a lot of weekends just praying my way through the weekend because boy, I did not know how to handle Tommy throwing his shoes at me because he didn't want to do his chore or, you know, or, you know, little Michael, these are made up names, obviously little Michael crying in his bed because he missed his mom whom he hadn't seen in a year. I wasn't prepared for that. And so, but the Lord was really gracious in just as I'm praying for creativity, praying, praying for patience, you know, he, he always came through for me. Um, I didn't always love it. I didn't always, it wasn't my favorite thing, but it was such an incredible teaching experience and boy, do I miss those boys. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Well, and I, I love, I think back and I think of, how God prepares us for what we're doing now and how that is just so neat to look back and say, okay, maybe I didn't know what you were doing then, but I sure know what you're, 
what you're doing, what you were doing Mm -hmm. then. I I didn't see it, but now I do. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. Well, take us a, a little bit deeper into, I love how you said earlier that your daughter had some of the characteristics that you would think as you know, the hyperactive part of ADHD and that Mm -hmm. your son had more of the inattentiveness of ADHD. And it was like the script was kind of flipped. So I, I, I want to go and ask a little bit about a little bit deeper about this is when you hear the words, the letters ADHD, what comes to mind? Like, what should Mm -hmm. we be looking for as parents and in Mm -hmm. our children? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot of theories about ADHD. Do we all have it to some degree? Do we not? I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have all those answers, but, um, you know, the diagnostic criteria says it, it has to be, um, interrupting daily life in two areas of life. So at home and at school are usually the two, two places that, your pediatrician or your school psychologist will, will look at to see if your child actually meets the, the um, diagnostic criteria. There are some uh, misunderstandings of what ADHD is, um, obviously, as, as in many of these brain differences. And part of that is due to just like, we've made a lot of progress in understanding um, what it is when counselors are diagnosing psychological disorders and and things like that, they have a book just like doctors do. It's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual or the DSM. And it is now in its fifth edition. And in the prior editions, there was ADD and ADHD as two related but different things. So the ADD was what we would now think of as this ADHD that is inattentive type. So that's your kid who, you know, is, might be fidgety, but is probably more often looking out the window and kind of in their own little world and um, really struggles to pay attention to especially things that, um, that don't interest them. So there's, and there's another uh, misnomer with ADHD that um, it's an inability to focus, but that's not actually true because people with ADHD can focus on things that they enjoy, but it's really hard for them to switch their focus off to things that they don't enjoy. So for my son, that would involve, you know, um, he loved Pokemon when he was little. And he would just be off in his own little world, thinking about his Pokemon world and his Pokemon that he was collecting and all of these things. And yet, you know, there's a math lesson going on that he's supposed to be paying attention to. And he, you know, doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Um, So when you, when you find your kid, this is a little bit harder to, to pick up on than the hyperactive type because they're not necessarily causing behavioral problems or distractions for others. But some of the more obvious signs are you'll see um, a lot of disorganization, like their backpack is just crammed full of papers. They can never find anything, losing things all the time. And you may start to see that their grades are slipping and their teacher might say, might be saying like, well, they're never paying attention. I don't feel like they're ever paying attention. 
So those are some things that you can be looking for if you think that your child might have inattentive type ADHD. And it's interesting because um, a lot of people have asked me, why did they change it? Why is it, why is that called ADHD? Where's the hyperactivity? And uh, a, a counselor that we worked with, with our son early on was really helpful in explaining, you know, the hyperactivities in his brain, his brain is going a thousand miles a minute and in a hundred different directions. Um, you just don't necessarily see it on the outside. Mm, um, interesting. That was really helpful to me. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel like my brain does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was thinking I just saw a YouTube or I was on Facebook and I you know of course videos start playing and then they they suck you in but it was a motivational speaker and he had and he said okay I want to ask any of you here that have problems with focusing raise your hand and almost everybody raised mm-hmm. their hand I was like mm-hmm. okay so do we all have ADHD but like you said we all probably have trouble focusing at some point mm-hmm. or another. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that we are diagnosed with ADHD, but I can see in my own life, I see, I see a lot of characteristics of mm-hmm. the hard to focus and things. <laughs> so it is, it is good that you clarified that about the hyperactivity and also mm-hmm. the in- inattentiveness. That's really mm-hmm. good. Okay. So let me ask you this. When you find out, let's say that somebody is listening on the other side of this and they say, you know what? I see this and I hear this from the teacher and I'm hearing, I'm seeing this at home and I'm about to pull my hair out because I don't know what to do. What would you say for them to do first if they mm. do see some of this? Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you are, if your child is in a public school, it's, it's an easy process. Um, well, it's, it's generally an easy process either way, but Your first step is to talk to your school, because if your school has a school counselor or psychologist, they can do all of the assessments needed right there um, during school hours. And you can uh, you can learn everything that you need to know. And then your school will work with you to put into place a 504 plan or an IEP, depending on what your child needs in the classroom. And that's pretty simple. Um, if you homeschool or are in a private school, you can still start in a private school by talking to your school, but they may be limited in what they can offer because many private schools don't have a counselor or a psychologist who is licensed to do those assessments. So you may need to go through your pediatrician. That's the next step. So asking your pediatrician is calling them saying, Hey, I think my child is, is potentially dealing with some ADHD. What, how do I go through the assessments? And usually your pediatrician will just give you assessments. Um, there are a couple different ones that they use and they'll just give you a paper copy or electronic copy that your teacher when your child's teacher will fill out and you'll fill out. Um, Cause like I said, it needs to be present in two areas of their life. So at home and at school. So either your school or your pediatrician is the best way to, the best way to start. And then if you really are still struggling, um, you can try to find a psychologist who, uh, who works with kids with ADHD to do some uh, assessments and things like that. That's great. I love that you mentioned that because that's something concrete that someone can mm-hmm. do and talk with your school, talk with your teacher, uh, your kid's teacher, and then go to the pediatrician. And I think that's, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to your story when 
Uh, on your blog, you shared that you went through the stages of grief when you yeah. found out that your your kiddos had ADHD or uh, your son was diagnosed mm-hmm. first. So take me through those steps and what were you really feeling during those times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the stages of grief, uh, if you aren't familiar, are um, denial, depression, anger, bargaining and acceptance. And these don't necessarily fall in that particular order. Um, and I can't remember who, uh, who identified these, but sometimes, sometimes you might feel like, okay, yeah, I'm going through these stages of, of grief and it's like super neat and like, yep, I moved from this one. I'm back now in this one. And it makes total sense. Other times it is like, it is so much more like, um, a scribbled line, jumbled line, um, that just doesn't make sense. It's not linear at all. And that was more my experience with both of my kiddos as they've been diagnosed. But, you know, in the denial stage, it might look like this, what it looked like for me was, well, I don't know that they really have ADHD. I think, especially for my son, like he, he's just, creative. He's just off in his own world. Like that's not a bad thing. He's just using his imagination. And so that was what the, the denial stage kind of looked like for me. Um, and then, you know, for me, I, I do go to depression pretty quickly when things get out of control or things, uh, seem pretty bleak for me. That's kind of where I tend to go. Um, and so for me, this looked like, um, feeling like, it was pretty hopeless and that he was doomed to this life of disorganized chaos forever. <laughs> um, you know, just the, the doom and gloom kind of mentality that yeah. is not scriptural at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I had, I, I did go through some anger. There wasn't really a lot of anger, but, but some of the anger might look like um, angry at the people who are diagnosing and saying, you don't understand my child or angry with the teachers. I did go through a little bit of that anger against the school for not understanding or helping in the way that I wanted. Um, or, you know, sometimes it might even look like anger at God. And if you do struggle with anger at God, it is my firm belief that, that God can handle that anger because we see David in the Psalms really wrestling with anger. Mm. Um, and he's just honest with the Lord. And then he ends up saying, you know what, but I praise you because you are, you're good. You're God. So I just, um, just want to encourage anyone who is struggling with anger. Like it's okay. God can handle it. It's big enough. Just tell him, um, he knows anyway. So that's right. (laughs) So, yeah. And then the bargaining is kind of like, uh, well, I've already been through so much. Can you just take this away? Um, it's not fair. Um, you know, kind of in a prayerful attitude, that's, that's kind of what it looked like for me, but it also could be, can you, could you give this to me instead? Or, um, could, could we deal with this in a different, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to make it a little something that is more, um, something that feels like it's not quite so hard to handle. Mm. Um, so that's what the bargain bargaining usually looks like. And then acceptance is what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah. This is, 
this is our lot. This is what's happened. This is what we are dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what the acceptance piece looks like. And I, again, if you're experiencing this, you may find yourself kind of fluctuating between these um, in no real order or sequence that makes any logical sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. That's sometimes how our feelings go. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You said it's not linear for you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of, you know, you might be, you know, in the bargaining stage or maybe denial, or then you kind of bounce back and forth. I can totally see that as going through that for sure. Okay. So I know it's normal for us as parents to be weary sometimes. I mean, that's just, (laughs) we're weary, (laughs) you know, uh, we know that if we're at home, if we're homeschooling our kids and then they're here all the time, then we are. And then if they are going to school, then we have other responsibilities that we're doing. And then, you know, there is, we just can be extra weary. So when you have a child with ADHD, I'm imagining that it's multiplied times a hundred. So because of the struggle of homework can be sometimes, and then it's, you know, the organization, like you said. So what would you say, um, to a parent who needs to recharge, but doesn't know what to do when they're just wiped out? What would you say to them? So um, I know self-care is kind of a controversial term. Um, Self-care is so, so, so important. Um, Mm. And if if you don't like the term self-care, let's just call it rest. Yeah. Um, God commands us to rest. Mm. And um, I, this is not my work. This is the work of Sandra Dalton Smith. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, yes. She talks about the seven types of rest. And I just highly, highly recommend her work. Um, real quick, the seven types of rest are physical, mental, sensory, creative, emotional, social, and spiritual. And she talks so much about how you can find these different types of rest. She has a free quiz on her website. You can go and see like, what do you need the most rest in which type are you lacking the most? So, so, so good. And that's been really helpful to me, but one, (laughs) there's an analogy. We're all familiar with the analogy of the, um, the face mask on the airplane, right? You put the Mm -hmm. face mask on yourself. Um, before you put it on the child, well, that's, that's all well and good, but I feel like it's been a little overused. So my daughter actually came up with a different analogy that I have just loved. And she talks about the analogy of a rubber band. And, you know, when you have a rubber band and you stretch it and you stretch it and you stretch it and you stretch it, eventually it snaps, especially if you don't let it go back to its original state. And so, you know, we can stretch ourselves until we're so thin and we snap Mm -hmm. and nobody likes it when the rubber band snaps because it can go flying in any direction and hit anyone and it hurts. Uh, Um, So I just loved that analogy that she came up with. And I think it's, I think it's really helpful. So um, when we feel ourselves being pulled too thin, I think that's God's signal for us that we need to figure out where we're depleted in our rest and how can we get more of it? And we need to be building in, we need to be reactive in that way, but we also need to be proactive in building in rhythms into our week, into our day of how to get rest. And 
So I think, you know, there are a lot of different ways, you know, some of the best ways that I can do that are, um, you know, by getting outside into nature and making sure I'm in his word, not just reading it to check off a box, which I am very prone to doing. Um, but, you know, reading his word and soaking in it and, and meditating on it and really letting it sink in and, and be, um, my focus for, uh, spending time in relationship with him and in prayer, um, getting exercise is another way that, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I have to do it. If I don't do it, then I, I feel depleted in my rest. Um, getting out with friends and, and seeing people um, yeah. in this world of COVID that can be really, really challenging. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to find ways to be with people who recharge us and who point us back to the Lord. Mm, that's great. Yeah. So those are a couple of ways that I, that I try to make sure that I'm getting my rest. That's a good thing to have that, that we've got to have that to recharge when we are weary and mm -hmm. to know that we can be like that rubber band. What an amazing analogy for us to remember. So what would you say to that weary parent out there mm -hmm. that is feeling yeah. like that rubber band? What would you say to mm -hmm. them Yeah, to encourage um, them? Yeah. So there's a verse that has been so, so, so helpful to me. Um, and it's uh, Psalm 115, 14. It says, may the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. And this is actually where I got the name of my coaching business, which is yeah. Flourishing Family Coaching. Um, and I had a friend who shared this verse with me when I was just really, really, really down, feeling like a failure as a parent and just really discouraged. And um, it just it's so clear. The Lord wants you to thrive and he wants your kids to thrive. And, um, he's going to be with you in that process and you're not alone. And even the days that we feel so alone, because we feel like nobody understands us. Nobody understands our kids. They don't fit into the box or the mold that society has said they should fit into. Um, but they are created by God in his image, fearfully and wonderfully for a reason and a purpose. And so are you. That's incredible. And I think you've encouraged a lot of parents today. Uh, where can people find you if they are, maybe they have a diagnosis already and maybe they've talked to their school, their pediatrician, maybe they have that diagnosis, but then they just need some help. They just need mm -hmm. somebody to come alongside them and encourage them and give them some strategies. I know you have mm -hmm. a flourishing framework that you use mm -hmm. in with your clients. So tell mm -hmm. everybody where we can connect with you online. Yeah. So I am on, uh, at flourishingfamilycoaching.com. I have a blog there that you can certainly go back, uh, and, and read through. I blog weekly there and I give, you know, like I mentioned, I I'm, I'm helping people by trying to integrate both biblical principles and encouragement with tips and strategies that are psychologically tested and, and, and approved. Um, so I, I try to use both of those um, in my blogs. And then I'm also on Facebook at fam underscore flourish. So you can join that group there. And then I, ha I do have a, a private um, Facebook group 
that is uh, parents raising children, Christian parents raising children with ADHD. So you can find me in any of those places. Great. Um, I do group coaching and, uh, and coaching for individuals. So that's awesome. Well, I love how your blog is integrated with that, what you said about, you know, all the things that you do in counseling from that perspective, but Mm -hmm. always focused back on the word of God. And Mm -hmm. I love that about you. And I will say, I will put all of these in the show notes. And I will also put the episode I interviewed Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, and I will put that in the show notes as well, because this was a great connection Mm -hmm. um, from this episode to that. And so I will definitely put that on here. You have given us so much before we leave. Can you Uh, do me a favor. So um, I forgot to write this in our email, Abby, but I always ask everybody what they're eating, reading, and loving. So -hmm. can you think of what you're reading, eating, and loving? Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, let's see. Uh, Eating. Yes. um, Like a snack. Fall. So I, my favorite fall things are, um, I love soups. So Mm -hmm. right now, Yes. My favorite is chili. Okay. We're having that tonight. (gasps) Yay. Yay. Yes. I had some last night and then I love butternut squash soup. That's my other go-to favorite. Okay. Sounds good. Um, All right. What are you reading? Reading. Oh my gosh. My, my reading list is always so much longer (laughs) than I have time for. (laughs) Um, and I always go to the novels before I go okay. to the, the nonfiction, okay. but, um, so novels right now, all summer, I have been reading novels by an author named Julie Clausen. Okay. Who writes, um, it's, it's British, uh-huh. uh, uh, 19th century British romance novels, kind of in the style of Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah. But she's a Christian author. Okay. So they've been really fun. And there's, there's always a little bit of like intrigue or mystery as well. So that's really fun. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. So Uh, what are you loving? Oh, loving. Oh goodness. Hmm. That's a, that's a harder question. I think in this season, I am loving having my windows open Mm. um, and the crisp fall air. It, there's something invigorating about it. And I, mm-hmm. I used to be a summer girl and okay. I'm no longer really a summer girl. I'm really enjoying fall. Okay. Yeah. And where are you yeah. in the country? Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. So we that's have why. a very clear <laughs> four seasons. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you can open your window. I'm in Memphis. Girl, it's October the 11th and it is literally 80. No, I think it's like 90 degrees. I'm oh like, that's why I'm in sleeveless. Yeah. So I can't wait to open the window. <laughs> and I'm wearing a sweater. <laughs> and you're wearing a sweater. That's the best thing. We can just be a few hours away and that's here right. we are. Two that's different right. seasons. That's oh, awesome. God. I know. I love the crisp weather. It is. Yeah. It is. So, it it's just really does something. Nice. Yeah. Really it, it's nice. great. Awesome. So. Hey, thanks so much oh for goodness. coming on the what show. This was yeah. awesome. And yeah. I will put where y'all can find Abby in the show notes as well. Y'all go to renrobbins.com and you can find all of that under the Friends of a Feather podcast tab. So we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, Abby. This was great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's show. 
For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.